Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. And I want to continue with this that we have been on, Let Us Draw Near. And uh, I, this is the, the 14th installment of this. And uh, it's, just, it's one of those things that just keeps growing because there's so much. And uh, we're, we are going to talk about uh, uh, some more about the renewing of the mind, but we're going to uh, look at uh, more in depth on how do we do that. And Hebrews 10 and 22, the very first part of that verse says, Let us draw near with a true heart. Full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And uh, that phrase, draw near, it means to draw near, to be near, to worship. And uh, we're focusing on that in the very beginning uh, because that is something that the Lord dealt with me about. That uh, many people are living a life with an unrenewed mind. And they, they are, they're not as near to God as they could be. And let's go to Romans 12. This is where we'll get into this tonight. Romans chapter 12. And we've been looking at verse 1 and 2. And we'll continue to look at this some more tonight, along with some other verses that we've looked at. But Romans 12, 1 and 2 Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not or do not be conformed or stop being conformed to this world, but be transformed or be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I tell the Bible school students all the time, don't just read your Bible, read your Bible. And uh, because there are people that read these verses and have read these verses, and notice in verse 2 it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. And then it says how? By the renewing of your mind. And it's for a purpose, it's so, and we'll get more into this as we move forward in this series, so that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Three adjectives for the will of God, good, acceptable, and perfect. And Scripture lets us know in these two verses that I cannot know that the will of God is good, acceptable, and perfect if I don't first stop being conformed, start being transformed, How? By the renewing of my mind. So that lets me know that there are things that I will miss. There are levels of walking with God that I will not walk in if I don't renew my mind. And it's important to remember that someone will... I've had people allude to the fact that, well, I've been saved long enough, you know, that doesn't apply to me. Oh, it applies to you all the time. It will apply to us all the rest of our life. Why? Because it doesn't matter. The Bible says that God has 
higher heights and deeper depths. The Bible says that there are things that the mind of man has never even thought about that God would like to bring people into. But it requires the renewing of our mind. Think, think about this for a moment. Uh, I'm, I'm, old enough to, I'm old enough to remember when the workforce was primarily men. Anybody else? Primar primarily, especially where I was raised. And, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, a male chauvinist by any means, but, I mean, I remember when that was the case. And when you went to a company or a corporation and there were a few women or a couple women in a department, well, you, that, that, was, that was new stuff, right? Well, what, what began to happen? People's minds started getting acclimated to the fact that that was okay, right? You remember when the military was primarily male. But then, then they started in, enlisting Females started enlisting, and, and, but here's what I mean by this. If there were people that would not renew their mind to this new concept, and they had a choice, renew your mind and become okay with it, or maybe you got to go somewhere else. There are things that God says, I want to move you into, I want people to move into, but if I don't renew my mind, and he tells me the first step I have to take, and we're not going to take a long time on this, he said, you've got to stop being conformed. All right? Various translations says you have to stop doing things according to the pattern of the world or the pattern of the spirit of this age. Yeah. Right? I mean, you just think about this. We just came out of a year where the pattern of the world and the spirit of the age was be afraid, be very afraid. Right? And when you weren't afraid, you were weird. Because they think fear is normal. We think being non-fearful is normal. Yeah. Right? So here's, I got advice for you. Be weird. Okay? Don't, don't be normal. Be weird. But here, right? Here, here, <laughs> here, here's the point. But notice something. Why, why did we refuse to be fear, fearful? Because we had renewed our mind and realize that you, the, what you fear comes on you, right? And nothing in the world in 2020 could overwhelm you or overtake you because you refuse to fear it. What you don't fear cannot overwhelm you. Well, see, to that point, you renewed your mind. To that point, you renewed your mind. And what happened? You stopped being conformed. And there was a, a period of transformation that occurred. Does that make sense? So Paul says we've got to do this and that it's something we can't do without thinking about it. Right? Brother Hagin used to say your mind is not going to be renewed every day any more than your hair is going to stay combed. You, you've, got to, you've got to get up and do that on a consistent basis. Now, we've been hearing this a lot for, for 14 weeks now. But the thing is, is when you study this and you look at it, we get up every day and decide to do something with two things, with our bodies and with our minds. 
Amen. And, 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 you know, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has issues that they're dealing with. Everybody. I was listening to my pastor teach today from, oh, I don't know how many years ago it was. Early 2000s, I guess. And, and he was talking about that. And he said, you know, everybody is dealing with something. All right? But here's the answer to it. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. Amen. So I get up every day and I do something with my body and I do something with my mind. If I'm not consistently renewing my mind, I'll fall behind in, in the things of God. All right? How we live is worship. We're here tonight worshiping, but how we live is worship. What we do with our life, our bodies, our minds. The Message Bible says, present your everyday walking around, living, breathing life to God. All right? Paul says not to be conformed. That phrase is the present imperative in the Greek, stop being conformed. In other words, if you had a mother like mine, you heard this a lot, stop it. Right? You know, me and my sister, we traveled with them uh, when we were very young till we in the fourth grade. My dad was an evangelist, and we traveled. And, uh, uh, well, you know how kids are. This is my side. This is your side. This is my side. And, uh, you know, one's in the floor, and, and the other one's putting her feet on him. And, oh, he's touching me with his feet. No, she's touching me. She's got cooties. Uh, you know, kids today don't know what cooties are. I, I said to the kids the other day in the Kansas location, I said, uh, uh, don't get your cooties on me, and they went. They didn't know what it was. Anyway, y'all know what they are, right? Bad stuff. And anyway, eventually my mother would get fed up with it, and she'd turn around and say, stop it, stop it right now. Well, you knew she meant it because she was little enough to crawl over in the back seat with you. Your dad could threaten, but he's driving. What's he going to do? Don't make me come back there. And I often thought, yeah, come on, try it. <laughs> Who's going to drive the car? But anyway, stop being conformed. And then we have to do something. Start being transformed. How? He tells us by renewing our mind. So this transformation comes by the renewing of our minds. The verb for transformed here means go on being constantly transfigured more and more every day. Go on being constantly transfigured more and more every day. So notice, in, in that verbiage, that Greek verb, there is no place to stop. Higher heights, deeper depths, glory to glory, faith to faith. That's what Scripture says. Jesus was constantly being transfigured when He was on this earth. I mean, He was perfect in the fact that He was sinless, but, you know, there were things Jesus had to, to renew his mind to. There were things Jesus had to consistently keep his mind on about the things of the Father. He didn't have to renew his mind in the sense that we do, that we were born under the curse and born with a sin nature, but he had to consistently go and fellowship with his Father to keep his mind where it needed to be. If you read about him in the Garden of Gethsemane, three times he had to pray to pull his will under the will of the Father. Three times. Hallelujah. But he accomplished it. Am I helping you? This comes by the constant renewing of our minds. Well, our minds are renewed by the Word. 
Notice in James 1. We've read this scripture a lot, but reading scripture over and over again is like eating my wife's enchilada casserole. It never gets old. Hallelujah. James chapter 1 and verse 21. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Now we did a lot of teaching on those words. Uh, one means moral dirtiness. The other means abundance of wicked, wickedness and he's writing to believers. But notice something. He gives the answer. Receive with meekness the engrafted word, the implanted word, which is what? Able to save, preserve, heal, deliver your soul. Do you see that? Now, notice the first step. Receive it with meekness. In the process of renewing your mind, you are going to inevitably come up against things in the Word of God that require you to be meek and humble to receive them. Amen. Why? Because it's, it's going to land solidly in my wheelhouse with something I need to change. And James says the way to do that is to receive it with meekness. So when you read it in the Word and you go, oh, then you go, thank you, sir. Right? Because I want to change. The goal of the Christian life is maturity. It's progress. It's growing. And we'll read another scripture in just a moment where he said, the way I grow, the way I progress in my salvation is by receiving the word. Amen. There are people that you know and I know, they are saved, but there's no reception of the word in their life. And because they're not receiving the word and they're not getting the word deeply implanted and engrafted in them, they're not growing. They're not maturing. And, and where there is no maturity, there's no progress. Amen. Hallelujah. For my mind to be renewed, for me to begin to think like God thinks, and that's the goal. How does God think? I have to constantly expose myself to what God thinks. Amen. I got to constantly expose myself to God's thoughts. You know, I've been told that the, the longer you're married, the more you think alike. And I believe that's true. Well, why? Because you're constantly exposed to each other's thoughts. Amen. I, I'm exposed to Pastor Michelle's thoughts. I know how she thinks about certain things. And, and, and to a certain extent, that forms my opinion about certain things. And vice versa, I think, right? Okay. Amen. And, 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 and we're doing that where Liliana is concerned. By and large, right now, what she thinks about the world around her is copied from what we think about the world around her. Right? She didn't come up with bedtime is 8.15. We came up with that. Right? She, she didn't come up with take your shoes off when you come in the house. We came up with that. 
right? But when she asks why, we give her an answer, and that becomes her thought process. You have a, a multitude of believers that are trying to live the life God planned for them to live, and they don't know how God thinks. And if they don't know how God thinks, they can't live the life God planned for them. Hallelujah. Well, fortunately, God put His thoughts on paper. Let's look at Isaiah 55. And you know, a lot of times when, when uh, you know, we're ministering and whatnot, uh, you don't hear this a lot, but you know, I'm right there with you. We're all renewing our minds to something. Isaiah 55 and verse 8. We read this the other night, but notice this. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Now this is really a correction for the people that God's speaking to through the prophet. And what he's saying is the problem is your thoughts are not my thoughts. And your ways are not my ways. Now, now put that together. The reason your ways are not my ways is your thoughts are not my thoughts. Amen. Do you see this? So he's telling them, if you want to think my thoughts, you've got to know what they are. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. And so when I'm trying to live the life God called me to live and preordained for me to live and, and mapped out for me to live, and I don't know how he thinks, then I can't ever walk in His ways. Because it's not just get saved and automatically I walk in His ways. I get saved, I get born again, and then the process of mind renewal starts so I know how God thinks. Amen. Notice 1 Peter 2. Because it's the renewing of the mind. And it's the Word Peter says in uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, Wherefore lay aside all malice and, and uh, guile and hypocrisies and envies and evil speakings. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. The Wish Bible says, Intensely yearn for the unadulterated spiritual milk that by it, by it is, what's the understood subject? The unadulterated spiritual milk, the Word, that by it you may be nourished and make progress in your salvation. So he's writing to a group of people that evidently by his verbiage, they are not progressing in their salvation. They have it, it belongs to them, but they're not progressing in their salvation. Hallelujah. So progress is made by consistently feeding on the Word consistently ingesting the Word of God, receiving it with meekness. The Word is the source. The Word is the catalyst of the renewed mind. That's the source. Your mind, this is the source of your renewed mind. Because in reality, when we got born again, none of us knew how to think. There are people that you know and I know they received, were saved out of, of what we would call very deep sin. Their life consisted of living in sin, living for sin, living for whatever. And the bottom line is when they got born again, they didn't know how to live without sinning. 
Pastor Michelle and I knew a man that, was, that had spent primarily all of his life in prison, and God had delivered him, and he got out. And uh, uh, when he got out of prison, uh, actually, Brother Jerry Savelle, he went to his Bible school, and he gave, guy's name was Bear Morgan, and he gave Bear uh, a Harley. And Bear started crying, and Brother Jerry was, you know, he was such a blessing. And Bear looked at him and said, Brother Jerry, you don't understand. This is the first bike I ever had that I didn't steal. <laughs> well, see, that was his mindset. And he, he was talking about how frustrating it was at times in the ministry. You know, he's using his faith and believing God. He was a, a new believer. And he said, you know, I know drug dealers here in this town that are walking around with thousands of dollars in their, in their pocket, hundreds of thousands of dollars. He said, and I've thought often that I could go roll a couple of them and take their money. Boy, I could sure fund the gospel with that, right? Well, now, now think about that. Why would he think that way? Now, I'm not talking bad about him. Why would he think that way? Because that's, that's all he knew before he got saved. If you want something, take it, steal it, go get it, right? If I want it, I'm going to take it. Well, he got born again, found out that's not the way it works. You got to believe God. You got to use your faith. Amen. Then there's people that got saved out of religion. You know, that's all up to God. It's all up to God. If it's God's will, you know, whatever God wants, we'll just hold off and we might die. But if we do die, it's God's will. If, if you get healed, you got healed because it was God's will. If you didn't get healed, it wasn't God's will. Well, but then you heard somebody say that whether or not you get healed is not up to God. It's up to what you believe about God. And if you grabbed a hold of that, something happened and your mind started getting renewed. And you found out that you could use your faith like a tool. And that you could apply the word of God and watch God heal you based on your faith. Right? Amen. Well, 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 where'd that come from? The Word. Desiring the sincere milk of the Word. Notice Psalm 19. Psalm 19 and verse 7. This is a very short verse, but it's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. I have a lot of those. <laughs> Psalm 19 and verse 7. For the law of the Lord, that's the Word, the law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. Converting the soul. The Amplified Bible says the law of the Lord is perfect. I like this. Restoring the whole person. So, so that means that there's, there's, there's different parts of me. And 1 Thessalonians 5 says that I am a spirit, I possess a soul, and I live in a body. So the word res restores, notice, the whole of the person. Their whole spirit, soul, and body. What does that? The Word. So even under the, the Old Covenant, even in David's dispensation, he had the revelation that the law of the Lord would restore you completely. Hallelujah. Do you see that? And so the more I'm in the Word, the more my mind gets renewed. Now, to renew your mind, though, it requires more than just reading the Word. There are people that read the Word every day, but their mind's not renewed. There, there are people that can quote scriptures, but their mind's not renewed. Joshua 1.8. Let's look at this. Because again, in our circles, this is a very familiar scripture. And I mean, you start it and people finish it. 
And that's great. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't. But I think sometimes we miss something. Because in Joshua 1 and 8, he says, this book of the law. So we're talking about the word. Now, what word are we specifically talking about? The five books of Moses. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. There, there, was, there, there was no more word of God than this in Joshua's day. That was it. That's all there was. All right? And God said, this book of the law, what Moses has written, that word, shall not depart out of your mouth, but, notice, you shall meditate therein day and night. You shall meditate therein day and night. So God told Joshua, we're going to read the rest of it, to meditate in the Word. Now, that word meditate, you've heard this, I know, means to talk or to mutter or to speak to oneself. It's the Hebrew word hagas, and it, mean, it literally means to chew the cud. All right, And if you've ever watched an old cow chew her cud, you, you understand what he's talking about. She's, she's actually, it's, it's where we get the word ruminate. You know, when, when a cow's chewing her cud, she's ruminating. All right, because she'll swallow that, that, that cud, and it'll hit that first stomach and ruminate, and then she'll regurgitate it and chew on it some more. All right, she's got seven stomachs. All right, and, and so she's going to regurgitate. She's gonna, in other words, that I'm, I'm not trying to be common, but when you're walking through a pasture and, and you see what we called in Texas growing up cow patties, there is no nutrition left in that, in that cow patty because that cow has chewed all of the nutrition out of that hay, that grass, whatever they're eating. I'm not trying to be common. I'm saying that's, that's, what, that's what part of that word means. Chew it and get everything out of it you can get out of it. All right? That, that's what you have to do. But it also means to muse, to imagine, to study. So I'm talking it, I'm chewing on it, I'm declaring it, but I'm thinking about it. I'm imagining. I'm seeing myself as the Word sees me. You cannot see yourself the way the Word sees you if you don't meditate in the Word. Because you can read, I'm a new creature in Christ, and if you don't stop and sit back and think about that, something will happen in that day that will make you question whether or not you're a new creature. Amen. But when I know I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus and I'm meditating on that and I'm imagining that and I'm studying that and I'm chewing on that, amen. The scripture that I've been chewing on a lot lately is I can do all things through Christ. Now, why would that be so important to me? Because there are things right now that God's asking us to press into as a church, that God's asking us to press into as a body that you think, my Lord, how's that ever going to happen? I can do all things through Christ. Amen. So what, what does that mean? Just go there. Hallelujah. So I have to not only read and talk the Word, I have to meditate the Word. I have to think about what the Word is saying concerning me. I've, I've quoted this scripture before, and I've had believers, not you, but believers kind of look at me like, do you really think that's possible? Where the Word says, whatsoever is born of God sinneth not. And the wicked one cannot touch him. 
And there are believers that will go, now. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is it in the Word? Then it's not only possible, it's probable, and it's not only probable, it'll happen just that way. If I renew my mind. Now, think about this for a moment. I, I don't know how all of y'all were raised, but I was raised in a denomination, in a, in a sect of Pentecostalism, that we were just taught that the flesh, oh, the flesh was so hard to defeat. The flesh, 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 the flesh. I mean, you went and you heard messages on the flesh, how hard the flesh was, how tough the flesh was, how strong the flesh was. I cannot remember one sermon that was ever preached on how the Spirit could overcome the flesh. If somebody sinned, it was the flesh. If somebody... It was the flesh. And so consequently, we had a flesh mindset. We expected to sin. We expected to fail. We expected to struggle. Because our minds were highly renewed in the power the flesh possessed. Amen. Hallelujah. And the first time I heard somebody preach that the flesh didn't have to be in control, that you, sin would no longer exercise dominion over you because you're not under law, you're under grace. Well, dear Lord, you might as well just slap me with a wet dish rag. What do you mean? I've been living my whole life struggling like this and I've had victory. Kind of made me mad. I've had victory all these years. Right? I don't know about you. I, I know people the first time they, they ever heard me preach that God would heal you, it made them mad. Because they'd been taught all those years that God had something to do with sickness. That God had something to do with disease. And when your mind see, that's why you got to receive it with meekness. You don't receive the word with this idea. Well, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I, I've heard that. Well, but this is what I believe. That's not meekness. What I believe concerning the word. Now, understand what I mean by that. What I believe concerning the word, if it goes contrary to what the word plainly states, what I believe doesn't count. Hallelujah. I told a group when I, I had, we had, we had uh, started pastoring just, I mean, the first year we had started pastoring. And, 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 and I look back on, on those first couple years of pastoring, and it's a wonder anybody stayed with us, stayed with me. Not with us. I'm not going to put her in on it, but me. Because I, I just, <laughs> I just had a habit of, you don't like what I'm saying, but you know what I mean. And uh, I made a statement one time, and I probably said it a little harsh or a little direct, I guess. I made a statement. I said, I don't have unanswered prayers. Oh, my Lord. The religious gallery almost stoned me. He said he doesn't have unanswered prayers. Well, now, wait a minute. Scripture says, if I ask anything in Jesus' name, the Father will do it. Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. 1 John, if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know He hears us, we know we have the petitions that we desired of Him. Well, it took me years to renew my mind to that. You know, praying for me for a number of years was a crapshoot. A, a, a prayer wheel spinning. Let's see what we hit. 
I mean, I want seven, but I'll take five. <laughs> and, and I don't know if, 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 if any of you were that way, but when I heard somebody teach and preach that I could pray with confidence and that God would always hear me, and if, when it was in line with His Word, He would always answer. You understand? Well, you know, a number of those people couldn't handle that. They would not receive that with meekness, the engrafted word. And, and it just, I mean, they, they stayed around for a little while, but then eventually they had to leave. Why? Because what, what was happening was the word was rubbing up against their theology. But there were people that stayed. And thank God they stayed because those very same people have had life-threatening things come up. They've had family members with life-threatening things. But they knew that if they prayed, God would hear them and answer their prayers. Oh, glory be to God. Amen? So that, that comes by meditating the Word. Hallelujah. I have to meditate on the Word until I begin to imagine, until I begin to see myself the way the Word sees me. A lot of believers read the Word every day, but they don't meditate the Word every day. I believe you need to read the Word, obviously, every day, but in, in all honesty, you would in, instead of trying to get your chapter quota in, you would be better off to take two or three verses and really get into them and meditate on them every day than trying to get a volume of scriptures going. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about the old thing, you know, you run by the promise box and grab it as you're walking out the door, blah, 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 blah. And that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, you're, you're better off to get your Bible, and if you drink coffee, get your coffee, and go to your study place, and get in those four, five, or six scriptures, and meditate on them until they start renewing your mind. Amen. I was teaching this one time in uh, prison, and, and, and it, was a, it was a primarily Christian group. And, and one of the leaders uh, of the praise team came to me and he said, I'm so glad you preached that. And I said, why? He said, because every day, he said, I, I've, I've got a list. I read a chapter from the Old Testament. I read a chapter from Psalms, a chapter from Proverbs, a chapter from the minor prophets, a chapter from the major prophets, a chapter from the New Testament, and a chapter from the epistles. I was tired hearing him tell me. And his mindset and his, his comment, though, was, and I'm not getting anything out of it. I'm trying to read all this word, and I'm not getting anything out of it. Folks, I, I, do, my, I do my best to read through the Bible at least, at least every year and a half. But here's my point. That's not what's important to me. If I get going down a, a road of revelation, I stay with that all morning if I need to and meditate on it because God's trying to renew my mind to something. Am I helping you tonight? Mm. There is nothing more effective where the renewing of your mind is concerned than meditating on the Word. Nothing more effective. Because, notice, I said we'd read the rest of this verse. He said that you may observe to do. So, you will know what to do when you meditate on the Word. I'll know what steps to take. And the, 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 the Bible says, if, if, if you remember, uh, Paul wrote in Philemon, 
And he said that the communication of your faith may become effective by the acknowledging or the acknowledgement of every good thing that's in you in Christ. Well, how do you know every good thing that's in you in Christ? How does your faith become effective? By the acknowledgement of every good thing that's in you in Christ. You've got to spend time meditating in the Word about every good thing that's in you in Christ. Hallelujah. And then you know what to do. When what Joshua needed to see himself as was contained in the Word that he was to meditate on. God's promise. I'm going to take you into this, into this land. I'm going to drive your enemies out from before you. Every place the sole of your foot touches, I've given you for an inheritance. I'll send my angel before you and he'll drive them out before you. You'll become thorns to them. You'll become wasps to them. You'll drive them out. They'll be afraid of you. Where was that found? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's what God promised Moses. And God told Joshua in in verse 5 of chapter 1, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. But what did did he tell Joshua to do? Put it in your eyes, get it in your mouth, chew on it, think about it, sit back at night, Joshua, and imagine yourself going into the promised land and all your enemies fleeing from before you. God's the one that said, your enemies will come out against you one way and flee from you seven ways. He said that in in the writings of Moses. He said, one of you will put a thousand to flight and two of you will put ten thousand to flight. What did that mean? There, there, were, there were over three million Israelites, so it didn't matter how many of the enemy there was, if one of them would put a thousand to flight, and two of them would put ten thousand to flight, there are millions of us, so there's nobody that can stand before us. So, but, but, but the meditation was what he was looking for. Hallelujah. The word he was to meditate on contained the promises of God to the people, the direction of God, and the laws of God. What God promised to the people, what the direction God wanted them to go, and the laws of God. So in other words, he would know what to do, how to do, and when to do. How? By meditating on the Word. Never, never counteract the power of the Word working in your life by saying, I don't know what to do. I can't understand. I can't figure out. I don't know. Because that goes contrary to the scripture. Well, pastor, what do you say? If I come up against something that I don't have full information on, I don't allow myself to say, I don't know. Because that's a closed, that's a closed book. Well, I don't, I don't know. Well, what do you say? I'll find out. I'll figure it out. Amen. I was talking to my wife one time, and I was trying to put it in words. I was talking about my mind, and I said, you know, my mind is, my mind is, and she said, connected to your spirit. And I said, that'll work. Praise God. <laughs> that'll work. So my mind is connected to my spirit. How, how do we get there? How do we get, how do we get this connected to this? The whole purpose of your mind is to be connected to your spirit. And so, and so how, how do I do that? By renewing my mind and understanding I'm not just, I'm not a mind, I'm a spirit. Oh, glory. So as you meditate on the Word, you begin to think like God. 
Now, let's look at one other verse. we got about 10 minutes. James 1. Back to James 1. Oh, hallelujah. And see, that's the whole problem that, that you run into today, uh, just in the world. You have people with unrenewed minds. When, when you allow your mind to stay unrenewed, you open yourself up to deception. And the world opens themselves up to deception by the devil as well as, as believers. But believers open themselves up to be deceived by themselves. Right? I, I can look at the Word and look at certain verses in the Word and go, uh, hmm, I'm not measuring up. Now I know in this day and age that we live in, that's not a popular thing. But you know, you need you, if if you read 1 Corinthians 13 every day, chances are you're going to find somewhere. <laughs> chances are we're going to find somewhere, yeah. right? Where where we need to grow. I can be more patient. I can be more compassionate. I can be more long suffering. Somewhere, right? That's the litmus test of of my love walk. And there are times you're, you're going through the Word and you go, I missed it. Well, I'm not measuring up there. Well, what does that mean? I can't be deceived. Because the devil will come to people and go, oh, well, you know, you're doing your best. And you're doing your best. Yeah, but the Scripture says I should be doing this. Think about this. It says, pay no attention to a suffered wrong. Yeah, but you don't know what they did to me. Uh, no, I don't, but I know what the Word says. What's governing us? The Word. Because if the Word's governing us, my mind's being renewed. If not, then I fall into a worldly way of thinking. You got me, I'm going to get you, or you got me, and at the very least, I'm going to give you the old silent treatment. Right? Whatever it may be. And, and I'm not saying there's, there's, there's people that you don't need to be away from. But what I'm saying is when I begin to read that word and it says love pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Now what do I do with that? Here's what I do. I close my eyes and I sit back and I start meditating on it. What would that look like in my life if I paid no attention? Think how peaceful your life would be if you never paid attention to people that did you wrong. How much time would you have to think about other things? Right? What's that? Oh, yeah. When you're not, when you're not saying, talking about how dumb everybody else is and what horrible drivers they are. And, right? Tell you, I was coming to church and got behind an old woman. That bun on the back of her head was an antenna and just like she didn't know what she was doing. And we noticed, man, you got out of there and your veins were bulging, you were sweating, your tie was crooked. We saw, yes, one of two things was happening. You were mad at the lady in front of you, you were having a Holy Ghost time, one of the two. Right? But, 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 but think about that. When you make a decision, now I'm not talking about love, I'm talking about renewing the mind. When you make a decision not to allow the least little bit of ill will or step out of love in your life, there, there, there's, no, there's no gate for the enemy. There's no gate. When he said, for instance, when he said in the book of Ephesians, 
He said, he said, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Now, wait a minute. Notice how he said to forgive. Even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. How did God forgive you? Completely and unconditionally. So that means there are no conditions for you to forgive people. I'm not, yeah, not going to let them walk on me again. Well, of course not. But can you maintain that boundary and be forgiving? Yes, you can. But what's it take? Renewing my mind. Mm, hallelujah. So you found James? James 1 and 22. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Notice what he says. Deceiving your own selves. Be doers and not hearers only. Remember we talked about people reading the word? Hearers can be readers. Then he said, for he, if any be a hearer of the word, not a doer, he's like a man beholding his natural face in glass. He looks, beholds himself and goes his way and forgets what manner of man he was. You know, you know how other people look a lot better than you know how you look. Because you see, you see them every day. I see my wife every day. I look at myself in the mirror a limited amount of time every day. So she tells me I'm the best looking man in the world and I just believe her. Because she sees me every day. She knows. <laughs> I have faith in that word. <laughs> Hallelujah. But does that make sense? So, but, but, but. That, that's, that's why you might be 55, but you feel 25. Right, I do too. But you look in the mirror and you go, well, I look 55, but I don't feel 55. And then you walk away from the mirror and you're like, I'm 25. I'm, I'm just, I'm 25. Amen. Because I, I, forgetting... What was seen. Hallelujah. So we can say the hearer of the word is a reader of the word. They see it, they hear it, but they don't know how to do the word because it's not strongly implanted in them. It's not engrafted in them. That's why you can come to church and hear a good message preached or a good message taught and some point will really stand out and you'll be like, praise God, hallelujah, glory to God. Now you got to hang on to that. That's why Mark chapter 4 is in the Bible. you got to hang on to that and go home and get in the Word about that because if you don't, the enemy's going to come and try to steal that from you because excitement over the Word, right? Being excited over the Word, getting energetic over the Word is not getting the Word deep on the inside of you. And that's why you had a lot of people that were raised in churches that they would go to church and the preacher was such a good preacher that they'd want to go burn a barn for Jesus. Just go do something for Jesus. But then they would come back the next Wednesday and need to be pumped up again. And then they'd come back Sunday morning and need to be pumped up again. And every week they were having to have deliverance services and freedom services and get free services and shouting services. Because there was no diet of the word. Amen. Do you, do you see this? The man that hears the word is subject to, who only hears the word, is subject to deception. He deceives himself. 
Well, I've heard that. Yeah, I know that. I know what the Word says. Well, you might know what it says, but is it in you? Is it deeply implanted? Because that's when the renewing of the mind starts. Hallelujah. You can forget what you read when something's not a part of you. When you meditate on the Word, it becomes a part of you. And your doing and your acting are in line with the Word. Because it's a part of me. Hallelujah. The Woosh Bible says, But he who with eagerness and concentration, notice this phrase, has poured over the perfect law, eagerness and concentration, the law of liberty, and has continued in it, not being a hearer who forgets, but a doer who works. This person will be prospered in his doing. Now, I'm going to wrap this up with this, but I need you to see this phrase. He says, and continues in it. You know, there's a verse in John chapter 8 and verse 32, and very often it's quoted, uh, you know, uh, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. But the first part of that verse says, if you continue in my word. Now, why is if there? Because everybody's not going to. If is a qualifier. Hallelujah. If I came to you and said, look, Pastor Michelle is making enchilada casserole tomorrow night, and if you show up at 6.30, you can have some. Well, you roll in at 8.30. <laughs> Too late. Why? I was there at 6.30. Well, you said, you said I could have some. No, I said if you show up at 6.30. There are people, I've been doing this long enough to see this. There are people that will come to church. And, and they will sit right beside somebody that God has totally transformed their life through the Word. And they will sit right beside that person and walk out of the church and say, it didn't make a difference in my life. Well, what is the difference? One was a hearer and one was a doer. Joshua not only heard the Word, he did the Word. Be careful to observe to do. Don't just hear, don't just chew, don't just mutter, do it. T tell your neighbor, you got to do the word. See, because, because all the mind renewal power that's necessary is in the word if I'm doing the word. You can't expect your mind to be renewed to the word when you're constantly listening to the same things, watching the same things, and being involved in the same things, you, you cannot expect to be free from fear, constantly feeding on fear. Somebody said, well, you know, how, how are you going to know what's going on in the world if you don't watch the news? I promise you, somebody will tell me. Some, some believer that lives on it will come and tell me. But you can't expect to be free. I'm, I'm going to say something. And, and if you hear long enough how strong a sickness is, how easy it is to get, how deadly it is, you're breaking down your defenses. You're, you're breaking down your defenses. Well, they said this and they said that. And how often have they been wrong? And how often has this been wrong? Yeah. 
Let me give you the scorecard. None, ever. This has never been wrong. They have been wrong every day. And the people that people are getting their information from is coming out now. They lied. They fudged the numbers. They were, they were deceptive. And you know what? People will just keep going down that road because that fear is strongly implanted in them. Amen? So notice, you got to continue in the Word and you'll see results. Continue in the Word. Remember what we read at the, at the very beginning. He said, you've got to go on being constantly transfigured more and more day by day. And, and James said right there that as I look into the perfect law of liberty, I'm changed. Hallelujah. That's good news. Yes. Amen? Amen. So, Father, we thank you tonight. We glorify you tonight, Lord, for the word that we've heard. We thank you, Father, that we are a redeemed people. We thank you that we're redeemed from spiritual death. We're redeemed from spiritual poverty. We thank you that we're redeemed from physical death. And we're redeemed from physical poverty. And we declare in the name of Jesus that 2021 is better than any good year we've ever experienced. Oh, Lord, we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. And I just speak a blessing over your people and declare over them the blessing of the Lord God Almighty. And I declare in the name of Jesus, every plan of the enemy is thwarted. Every purpose of the enemy is defeated. We cannot be defeated because we will not quit. And Father, we thank you that we are strangers to defeat because we are dangerously focused. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, let's stand up tonight, shall we?